You're listening to The Outfield with Eddie Robinson on Sirius XM OutCue. Chris, how have you been doing? I don't. I can't remember the last time we spoke. It had to have been like over a year now. How have you been doing? Yeah, how you been? I, I've been good. Um, I'm the uh, I'm the stay at home dad now while uh, while my wife works, uh, taking care of my two daughters, and uh, yeah, generally just writing things and causing trouble like I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's perfect, and that's why we love you on the show. And I'm wondering, like, here you are. Your stay-at-home dad. Do you do you watch or pull for any team? Is there a, a particular NFL football team that you are just sort of like really honed in on, and 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 you're really you know like you're rooting for as the season progressed? Um, not really. I mean, you know, obviously I have friends that are still in the league, although yeah. you know, most of them tend to, tend to be aging out now. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually far more likely to be uh, watching a League of Legends uh, esports game and rooting for Team Solo Mid than uh, <laughs> I am to watch an NFL game. So I'm not, I'm not a huge football fan. I'm a football player, but, but not really a fan. <laughs> that's so bizarre and that's so weird. And I'm wondering, like, even like with, do you even like watch the Vikings and like secretly, like, you know, okay, bastards lose you know are you secretly <laughs> that guy that's kind of like you know just wishing and hoping that this team just goes down in the dumps this year no no i mean because that that's not really fair and like i said i do have team uh, i do have friends on the team and you know i don't i don't want to yeah. see them get you know have a bad season because then there's a chance that they could lose their jobs but uh my wife is actually a, a pretty big football fan so generally she's the one watching the game and then i'll just okay. kind of tune in here and there if, if i'm passing through and uh you know, maybe make a snarky comment or two on Twitter, which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as we continue with week one and we're getting ready and we're just going to talk just a tad bit of NFL football with you as we go into today's games with uh, with 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 Sunday action. You know, I'm really excited about the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs um, matchup. And I'm curious to find out if whether or not they're going to have some sort of um starter well they've got brian hoyer they've named brian hoyer as a starting quarterback but some people especially me saying you know i'm secretly kind of saying in the back of my mind i don't this doesn't feel like a long-term solution for the texans and i don't necessarily i don't know brian hoyer seems like the kind of quarterback that's injury prone um and you have to look at well what 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 are they going to do you know once he gets injured and then you've got Ryan Mallett and then Ryan Mallett if he gets injured what's going to happen then you know have you been following the Texans and their debacle even on HBO Hard Knocks yeah yeah it's actually um my my wife and I watched Hard Knocks so yeah I saw the whole thing and uh, what was really interesting to me was uh, Mallett's body language when um you know when they told him that Hoyer was going to be the starter because that's a that's a guy who in his mind he thought he was the starter, and when he was told that he wasn't, then you could see him kind of retreat into himself and you know be upset and grumpy. And if he's you know if he's forced to come in off the bench, well, is he really going to be in it, or is he going to still be thinking about, hey, I should have been the starter, I should have been out there all along, and then his mind's not really focused on what he's supposed to be doing. And it was so fascinating. Even with that, I was watching one particular episode, and and they were talking about. Um, the the spelling and how there are football players on teams that they don't know how to spell opportunity and it was hilarious. Coach Bill O'Brien is just he's 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 a comedian himself, and here you have like players talking about it's O P P E for the word yeah. opportunity. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was really shocking to me to learn that there are some football players uh, that 
really don't know how to spell. But we, thank we, God we, they know that, how to that hit. That was shocking. That was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Come I on. mean, opportunity, opportunity. I mean, I think anybody knows how to spell opportunity, but that's insane. That's insane. I think the other interesting thing that um, that Hard Knock shows is that it really doesn't matter, you know, who else you have on your team. You know, because with the Texans, you know, they have Vince Wolfork, they have J.J. Watt, they have, you know, this great receiving cast. If you don't yeah. have a quarterback – then you just you don't have that piece to tie it all together. And that's something that I saw a lot in my time with the Vikings is that obviously we had Adrian Peterson, we had the Williams Wall, and then Jared Allen. And it wasn't until we had Brett Favre on our team that all of those pieces got tied together and we were able to make a playoff run. And, and so, I mean, it, it's just, it just goes to show that in today's NFL, you have to have a quarterback. And is that, Chris, the position? I mean, I've heard arguments on uh, NFL Radio Channel 88 all the time about whether or not the quarterback position is the position. I mean, if you have a superstar quarterback, you're almost guaranteed at least postseason play. But if you Mm -hmm. don't have that quarterback, if you don't have that leader, then – you, it's going to be painful. It's going to be very, very challenging for that particular team. Is that role, the quarterback role, in your mind, the most prominent position in the National Football League? Well, I mean, I'd say the, the most prominent role is probably the punter, but the second most prominent is. Oh, uh, <laughs> I wonder why. I, I might be a little, I might be a little biased there, though. But uh, no, I, I think the quarterback definitely is the most prominent role because you, you look at the teams that are pretty much a lock for the playoffs every year. And, and they're the teams, you know, like the Packers with Rodgers, the Patriots with Brady, the, you know, the Ravens with Flacco, um, the Falcons with Matt Ryan, you know, the, the Cowboys, Tony Romo. These are all teams that that is their guy. That is their quarterback. And you see it every single year. They, they make it to the postseason. And I'm when you're comment about the punter and, and I'm wondering what the hell happened this past Thursday night with Josh Scobie. I mean, that, what? I, mean, I don't know if you watched that game this past Thursday night against the uh, the Steelers and the pa- and the Patriots, but, you know. I, I, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, it was one kick loss after the net. I mean, at, and I seriously believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers could have won that game. They easily could have won that game against the Patriots. But uh, the new Steelers kicker, Josh Scobie, was struggling big, big time, big time. And, of course, interestingly enough, who came into my mind because I called you Friday? Chris Cluey. I'm watching the game. I was like, they could have got Chris Cluey. They could have had Chris Cluey up in there at the Pittsburgh Steelers and could have won that game. But I'm I'm really wondering about your thoughts with this headset controversy. Um, has there any, while you were playing within the National Football League, when you were at Foxborough, was there any kind of concerns, issues whatsoever with guys walking into that stadium saying, you know, I'm smelling something, I smell some cheats, this is really intense, you know, have you, has, has that ever occurred, you know, with regards to you being part of the National Football League, like everyone's having this, this negative attitude towards Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots? Yeah, I mean, there, there was definitely, uh, it got talked about a lot among the players that, you know, if, if you're going into Foxborough, then, you know, something's probably going to happen. And I think, I think part of it is, you know, sort of a, an inherent jealousy that the Patriots keep winning. I mean, it's, you know, it's tough to look at the, the winning team and not, you know, not be a little bit envious of that. But at the same time, there also is a lot of stuff that keeps happening around the Patriots. <laughs> so I think yeah. it's this 
combination of, okay, yeah, they've had success, and then they've been caught cheating multiple times in multiple different situations. And it's like, well, you know, if there's smoke there, there's got to be a little bit of a fire, right? 866-305-6887. We're talking with author, former NFL player, Chris Cluey, right here live. If you have a question for him, feel free to give us a call at 866-305-6887. You're author of the book, Beautifully Unique Spark Pony, Sparkle Ponies. And from what I also read, you're a co-author of a science fiction novel called Prime. Tell us more about uh, Is that available in stores? Yeah, yeah, it's available on Amazon. Um, you can order it online, and it's an uh, you know, actual physical book. I think you can also order it as an e-book if that is your uh, your desire. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge nerd at heart, which I'm sure comes as a big surprise to anyone that's ever followed my Twitter feed. But uh, <laughs> I, I grew up reading science fiction, fantasy, playing video games, you know, yeah. doing all, all sorts of nerdy stuff. And uh, once once I started writing, um, you know, after I, after I wrote Sparkle Ponies, I was like, you know, I'd, I'd like to write something that I, I really want to read. I mean, and not to say that I don't really want to read Sparkle Ponies because I, I think it's pretty funny and, and engaging. But I was like, I want to tell a science fiction story. And so me and my buddy sat down and uh, we plotted it out and, yeah, we're really happy with how it went. We're uh, we're working on the second book to it right now, and we've gotten really good feedback on it. Well, folks, there you go. Science fiction novel. It's called Prime. It's available on Amazon. Definitely check that out. Um, with the National Football League, as we move forward here with the season in and of itself, are you surprised that we're you know we're seeing these players who are you know perhaps even rookie players their first year out? They're popping into the National Football League and then saying after a year or two playing, you know what, as, as, uh, there's, bigger, there's bigger things in life. I, I just don't really kind of want to, you know, put myself at, at, at harm's risk and, 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 and end up in, you know, in danger of my health. Have you been surprised with, you know, these rookie players that are starting to just kind of like go in and for a year or two deciding, you know what, maybe millions and millions and millions of dollars is just not something that I want to get involved with when it relates to my health? Yeah, and, and I think that that's something where we're kind of in a um, in a transitory period right now, where we've just discovered that the cost to playing football is a lot higher than we thought it would be. So we still have quite a few guys coming up through college, through high school, and in the pros that the football that they were promised is not the same football that they're discovering is is the reality. And so some of them are having second thoughts. And I think what's going to happen in the future is that the kids who would have second thoughts or whose parents would have second thoughts, they're just not even going to play football at all. You know, they're going to go into soccer. They're going to go into rugby. They're going to go, you know, baseball, basketball, whatever. And so what's going to end up happening is that football will still have a, a fairly deep talent pool because, unfortunately, in our country, there's so many situations where the only escape from your surroundings is to excel at an athletic sport. And for a lot of kids, football is that escape. But there, there are a lot of other kids, you know, who do have other options, and the parents are going to put them in those other options. And so I think you're going to see a, a dwindling of the talent pool in football, you know, in the upcoming decades or two. Former NFL player and author Chris Cluey is on our show. You were involved or at least had a conversation, perhaps even, you know, um, an, 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 a detailed, maybe intense conversation with Michael Sam when he was – you know, sort of out there and trying to, you know, get on a, a playing squad. He's now left the field, left, no pun intended, left football altogether due to mental health issues. Your thoughts, you know, as, you know, I don't think I've heard you kind of respond 
to Michael Sam kind of walking away from all of this. What are your thoughts with regards to the entire situation, the unfortunate situation that happened with him? Well, you know, I think, like you said, it's an unfortunate situation because I, everyone saw in college that Michael Sam had the tools to play football at, at a pretty high level. And it's, it's just sad to think that a, a player who wanted to play the game that he loved to play was really not allowed a fair opportunity to do so because as a society, we're still so hung up on this idea of sexuality and morality and, you know, the two should be intertwined. It's like, no, it, it doesn't matter what your sexuality is because out on a football field, you're only worried about playing football. <laughs> there, there is no time to think about anything else. And it, it just, it, it's really kind of heartbreaking in a way because what Michael Sam did was very brave in, in being that first guy to come out and taking that first step and, he was setting himself to take a, he was setting himself up to take a lot of abuse and he ended up taking a lot of abuse and that's you know that's not an easy thing i mean i was peripherally involved you know in in terms of of that kind of abuse yeah. just by speaking out for same sex rights and i can't even yeah. imagine what it would be like to to be an actual you know out the first out gay player and just what you'd have to see on twitter every day what you'd have to see on social media every day and and that does take a toll on your mental state and at some point i'd imagine it becomes well you know, do, do I really want to pursue this anymore? If, if there's so much hate out there, if there's so many people out there who, who can't see me as a person but just see me as a thing, then, you know, th this might not be the best thing for me because I'm, I might be, you know, worried about my mental state as opposed to, to being out on the field. And you know what? I looked at you, Chris, as a hero for the same-sex marriage argument. And to this day, of course, other folks, folks, played a key role uh, in the state of Minnesota and what was going on there, but you were extremely instrumental and a major voice in the state for it to gain equal rights protections across Minnesota. So when the news dropped this past week of Kentucky clerk Kim Davis being released from jail amongst a large crowd of cheering and support last week, what, what went through your mind, Chris, as you were sort of like observing all that? Yeah, so, um, so one of the chapters in Sparkle Pony is titled We Get the Government We Deserve. And, um, you know, you, you see someone like Donald Trump leading in the polls where, you know, it's, it's completely obvious he's a showman. You know, he's not he, he has no interest in politics of any sort. This is this is a way to build the Trump brand. And in my mind, what that indicates is a broader failing in our society in that we have become conditioned to look at our politics as entertainment. You know, we're, we're not looking at our politics as solutions to answers. It's how can we have our bread and circuses? You know, how can this be an entertaining race? How can we shove more money into this so that we don't have to think about other things? And unfortunately, what it's done is that it's really polarized debate in this country, and it's polarized yeah. it in, in a very bad way because now you have cheering crowds of people for Kim Davis who are cheering the fact that gay marriage will not affect her in any way unless she chooses to marry another woman. <laughs> that is the only way the gay marriage will ever affect <laughs> her life. But they're cheering the fact that she... And that ain't going to happen. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. No, I, and I doubt that's going to happen. But people are, are, are cheering the fact that she is denying other human beings the agency to live their own life. And when you look at it, that you're, you're keeping another person from living their own life, I mean, that, that's some pretty messed up things about you as a human being. Don't miss the outfield. Sundays, 11 a.m. East, 8 West on Sirius XM LQ.